0: What is up, what is up, what is up, everybody? Welcome to The Black Box, the show where we unpack, unbox, and unwrap everything black i'm your host big c aka that girl aka big body princess how are y'all doing today on this marvelous friday i'm doing well oh thank you for asking yes y'all it's friday y'all already know what we about to get into that black review p valley and i'm going to be reviewing something else today what is it gonna be big c well you're just gonna have to listen and find out how was everybody's week i hope everybody had a good week it's friday i like to call it friday because yay is friday but it's friday we about to get into the weekend this is my first weekend without my sister and i just you know i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it because i have you guys and i'm gonna be okay I have my family. I have you guys. We're going to be straight. But, yes, I had a good week. Aside from it being the first week I've spent as an only child, it hasn't been that way for quite some time, guys. I was a little lonely, I'm not going to lie. But I did some things for myself. I got my nails done. I got my toes done. So, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm making it. I'm making it. It was a good week, y'all. I'm not going to lie. But, before we get into this black review, I just want to share some news with y'all. I don't know if y'all are privy or not. But, Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B's WAP, number one in the country. That's right. Number one in the country. Number one on Billboard. Number one on iTunes. Number one on, I think it's the Hot 100. Yeah. WAP is going viral. It's already been viral, but you know, it's getting plaques. It's getting radio play. It's getting top 10 or playlist play. It's 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 stacking up. The success is surmounting. Do you feel what I'm saying? It's surmounting. And as a queen with a WAP myself, I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see it. And if you have a WAP, I'm sure you're happy to see it too. Don't be scared. Don't be shy. Let it be known. I'm talking WAP, WAP, WAP. That's right. Number one all over the world so congratulations to Megan and Cardi I think this is Megan's first number one I'm not quite sure I don't know if this is her first number one on hot 100 or her first number one period but I think this is Cardi's like fourth fourth number one on hot 100 correct me if I'm wrong let me know on my socials y'all on Twitter on Instagram on my Snapchat let me know if I'm wrong but I think this is Cardi's fourth number one and I think this is Megan's first Number one, she's had songs on the charts before. Y'all know her biggest hit, uh, the hit that she's most known for to some people. <laughs> okay, to some to some of us who were not original hotties when she was rapping at the Cypher. Okay, to those of us who are, you know, not new to her. That's not the first time we've come across her. But the song that I guess got her recognized by... The world, I assume, is big old freak. I don't know if that went number one. I know it got on the Billboard Hot 100, but I don't know what number it peaked at. And then, of course, she had "Hot Girl Summer" with Nicki Minaj, that also was on um, Billboard Hot 100. I think. Oh, and Cash, Cash ish, but I don't think that got too far on Billboard Hot 100. But I think this is her first number one on uh Billboard Hot 100. So congratulations to Meg. Congratulations to Cardi. We love to see women coming together and showing you how to do it. Cuz they want they want women in the industry to fight y'all. They want us to fight. They want us to feud. They want us to create drama, but they're like, "No, how about we make these these dollars together? How about we make the track together and rise together?" You know what I'm saying? That's how you do it. That's how you show them, "No, we're going to go this way." Y'all been doing it this way for a long time. We're going to go this way. That's how you do it. That's how you change the game. So, congratulations to them. And speaking of Miss Megan, um, uh, y'all already know she went through that whole situation with Tory Lanes, where she was unfortunately injured. She was shot in the back of her foot. And I think now the authorities are going to press charges against Tory Lanes for the incident. Now, I know a lot of y'all are thinking because in my sister circle, I call my friend group my sister circle, in my sister circle we were talking about it in our uh, group message and a lot of people or we were insinuating that she's not cooperating or that Megan didn't cooperate with the police the first, I guess like when the incident initially happened. And that's what a lot of people are also speculating, that she didn't help with the investigation at first. A lot of people thought she was protecting Tori or protecting someone. But uh, I don't know if y'all remember a couple weeks back, you know, Megan came back to social media. She went live and she talked about the experience. She, you know, very much said, I'm not protecting anyone. I'm not, um, you know, trying to keep nobody out of jail or anything like that she just said she was going through a very traumatic time you know it was a lot going on with her she was dealing with a lot and then you know this incident just you know it took on a whole other demon for her like it was just very traumatic for her so she didn't really go into too much detail but you know she gave us what she could or what she wanted to give give us she what she wanted to give us and um yeah so I hope that justice is served honestly. I really hope its served because shorty Lanes you gotta go. I want you deported. I want you deported and then I want you locked up. period because you just don't you just don't shoot the hot girl coach. you just don't shoot women period. So shorty Lanes you can absolutely go you're five foot two five foot three yeah go to timeout. Go to timeout. No offense to my short men. If you're a short man, you know, no offense to you, but y'all be tripping. Y'all really be tripping. That short man complex, I absolutely 100% believe in that because these these little baby bops be tripping. These little baby bops be tripping. Jacquees be tripping. Shorty Lanes be tripping. Just calm down, y'all. Just calm down. We know y'all want to be six foot We know y'all want to be tall. God didn't make you to be tall. So don't take it out on the world. And don't take it out on women. That you're not tall. Gosh. Oh my god. Calm down. Calm down little Bebops. But yes. Hopefully justice is served. Hopefully whoever even though we know who it is we hope that Miss Megan's assailant comes to justice. So just keep a lookout for that. Um, the story is still developing as far as that. I just want to give y'all that little tidbit before we get into the black review. I hope y'all are ready. I'm excited. Y'all already know we're going to get into that P-Valley. Yes, that P-Valley, y'all. I was about to ask how y'all felt about the episode, but we're going to get to that. But first, for the Black Review, I want to start off with something a little different today. I don't know if you would consider it childish in a way, but if you are like me, if your parents loved you, if they nurtured you, you know, if you had that wonder as a child, you are a fan of animation. You are a fan of cartoons. You are a fan of illustration you feel what i'm saying this one's for you this black review is for you today for our first review on the black review we built we will be reviewing the legend of Korra seasons one and two that's right that's right i know y'all are like big c the legends of Korra. really we're not gonna start out with avatar ang no we're not We're not. No offense to Aang. Y'all know Aang is the OG, the OG airbender, the OG. We know. We know about him. I just would like to shed a light on Miss Cora because I, and this is going to be very hard for me to say, y'all, I was wrong. Like a lot of people, I did not give Miss Cora the benefit of the doubt. After season one, when it first came out and a certain situation happened, I was over her. If you are a fan of the show, if you've watched the show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When I say a certain incident, I wasn't here for it. And I was like, Avatar Aang would never let this happen. Never let it happen. It would never this would never be a reality if Avatar Aang was still here. And I was just done with Miss Cora. Like the rest of the world, I had written her off. I was like, You are not the Avatar, you are a disgrace. I thought you were bad you ain't bad you ain't nothing like it was very much that fast forward to now this was when the show first came out all that that i just said that's what i thought when the uh when the legends of core first came out fast forward to 2020 they have put it on netflix i was like you know what maybe in my youth because, You know, I was a young thundercat then. Maybe in my youth, I was wrong. I, I was, I jumped to conclusions. You know, I'm gonna give Cora a chance. So I watched Cora, and lo and behold, Homegirl dazzled me. She dazzled me. She showed me that she can pull through in times of danger, in times of trouble. She showed me that she could be a real avatar. And I was very much here for it. I was like, okay, okay, Cora. I misjudged you. And I admit I admit when I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? I admit when I'm wrong. So, that's what we're going to talk about today for our first review on The Black Review. The Legends of Cora Season 1 and 2. Now, it's going to go the same way. I'm not going to go through, like, the whole Season 1 and 2. I'm just going to give all of my pros and all of my cons for each season all in one go and then y'all know how we do i'm gonna give my overall rating of season one and two of legends of core now for those of you who do not partake in the enjoyment of animation or cartoons i'm so sorry for you but here on the black box like i say we talk about everything under the sun movies tv music music videos food and we're gonna talk about cartoons too So if this episode is not for you or if you just want to go ahead and skip to the P-Valley part, I thank you for staying and skipping to that part. But for all my big kids out there, big kids at heart, I don't want to grow up. I want to be a Toys R Us kid forever. This is for us, okay? So here we go. Legends of Korra, my pros. There's a lot of them because as I was watching the season, I have not finished season three and four If y'all like this episode of Black Review about me talking about Legends of Korra, let me know on my socials. What are my socials, you say? I'll say them for you. Uh, T-H-E-E underscore B-L-A-Q box. That is my Instagram and my Twitter. If you want to comment under one of my posts or if you want to DM me privately, (laughs) you have every right to do so. But let me know if y'all liked this review of the Legends of Korra and I will absolutely review seasons three and four next Black Review. So, my pros. First pro, I love that Cora is strong. Like, I don't know why when I watched the show the first time way back when, when I was a young, young girl. I just was like, I was here for Cora until that certain situation happened. And if you know, you know. But in watching season two also i was like this girl is strong like not even just strong physically like she is strong in everything that she does like she's strong for her friends she's strong for her family she's strong for the world i'm like this girl is strong Strong, And she's strong physically. I love that. I love to see a powerful woman. I love to see a woman who knows who she is. A woman who is not afraid to stand up in the face of adversity. I was like, yes, Miss Cora. Yes. I was all the way here for it. She was kicking ass and taking names. I was like, yes, Cora. Yes. We love to see it. We love to see it. I love that she's strong. That's my first pro. My second pro is my animated baby daddy, and his name is Bolin. That's right. Bolin. To all my Bolin fans out there on Legend of Korra, I am absolutely a Bolin fan. He was so... He was, like, the comic relief throughout the whole um, show, both seasons one and two. There was only, like, one or two serious moments for Bolin, and even then, he kind of made them funny. Like, he... He's so oblivious, I guess you could say. Like, he's just so lighthearted and fun and funny. He's oblivious to danger sometimes. And in a way, it's kind of endearing and cute. Because he's like, "Oh, like, I'm Boleyn. Like, I like to fight for my friends. And, you know, I don't take life too seriously. But, you know, I love the ladies. Like, he was just so, what's the word I'm looking for? So charismatic. And not to mention, he is like... Beautifully drawn, really. Like, Bolin is cute. Bolin could have absolutely got it. Like, Korra, she was stuck on the other brother, the other... (laughs) No, Bolin would have been mine. Trust and believe it. Bolin would have been mine. But he was so funny. He was so sweet. He was like Sokka, but I think he was a little bit more suave than Sokka. Because, you know, even though if you watched, and you know exactly, if you watched, you know, the first Avatar The Last Airbender You know who Sokka is. Sokka was that guy. Sokka was, you know, the comic relief. He was hilarious. But in The Legend of Korra Bolin, he's basically Sokka. But, you know, he a little more suave than Sokka, I would say. Like, Bolin has no problem getting a lady. Even though sometimes it doesn't work out for him, he has no problem going for it. He'll let it be known. Like, baby, I like you. I want you to be my girl. Now, sometimes it don't always work out, but does that stop him? No, it doesn't. So, that's my second pro. Bolin. Just period. He was just... I love his character. I love his character. My next pro was Asami and Korra's friendship. Asami is the cute, the beautiful, dark-haired, fair-skinned young lady whose daddy um, owns... I think it's called Future Technology in The Legends of Korra. Her dad is like a like, the richest man in Republic City, I think, besides the president. And Asami is his daughter. Asami, just like Cora, she's a very strong woman. Everybody thinks, like, oh, she's Asami. She's so prissy. And she doesn't know how to do anything. She's beautiful. Asami can fly planes. Asami can work tanks. Asami can fight. She can drive a car, like, a man. Or, like, a NASCAR driver. Let me put it like that. Not a man, because... Not all men are good drivers, <laughs> Daddy. But yeah, my father, guys, he's a little, he's a little crazy on the road. But she drives cars like a NASCAR driver. Asami is just like the total package. She's like, yes, I'm beautiful, but I'm also smart, and I will also beat you up, and I will also fly a plane. Like she's just all that. So two strong women being friends, even though their friendship. <sighs> regarding the love interest which is mako he ugh, we gonna talk about him later but the friendship i like that they didn't let a guy get in between them let me put it like that like they both had a crush on mako which is like one of the main guys and asami dated him first but he liked asami and Cora at the same time <sighs> i know retarded He liked Asami and Korra at the same time, but he was dating Asami first, and then he started developing feelings for Korra. Then I think at the end of season one, he was like, No, Korra, I love you. And then they ended up together. Season two come, they're together, Korra and Mako, they're together in season two. Asami, she just don't think nothing of it. She's just like, You know, whatever. You guys are still my friends. Like, I'm still here for y'all, whatever. And then a lot of stuff happened, and Cora and Marco they end up breaking up at the end of season two. And Asami and Cora are still friends. Like, I thought that was really cool. They were still friends at the end of all of that. Like, because, you know, I hate to say it, but, like, in today's times, like, most girls probably would have let that, like, ruin the friendship. Like, oh, well, you dating him, and then I'm dating him, then we broke up. We just, you know, we just not going to be cool no more. But they didn't let that They didn't let let a man get in betwixt them. I like that. So, Asami and Korra's friendship is one of my pros. My next pro is, I love that they showed, or that they gave story to Aang's children. Now, if you are a fan of the uh, show before, Legend of Korra, you already know about Avatar Aang, and at the end, him and Katara, who was his love interest in The Last Airbender. They got married. And even though we didn't get to see, like, the kids growing up, you, in the Legends of Korra, you get to see them as, like, older kids. Or, like, they're basically grown-ups. Like, they've lived full lives. So, Avatar Aang and Katara, they had three kids. My bad, I was about to say two. They had three kids. Uh, Tenzin, Kaya, and Boomy. Only two of them are benders. Tenzin is a bender. Kaya is a bender. Boomy, he, unfortunately, was not born a bender. But you just, like, see, like, them as adults. And they talk about their relationship with their father and with their mom. And it was just, you know, nice to see. Especially if you were a fan of um, The Last Airbender. It was, like, really cool to see it kind of come like full circle like oh even though we didn't get to see like Aang's life after he you know ended the hundred year war we get to see like how it affected his kids how his kids grew up what his kids are doing now I just thought that was really cool I loved it my next pro was Aang's youngest son his name is Tenzin he's the airbender uh his kids were hilarious If you watch The Legend of Korra, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Milo, Iki, and Jinora. Hilarious. Um, Milo is so bad, but I have a predilection towards bad little boys, unfortunately. Like, I just love bad, bald little boys. Like, they're just so intriguing to me. They're so cute. Like, nothing you can do or say will ever make them sit still. Um... They get into everything, but they're, they're like such good learners and they're so into everything. I'm just like, if you would only be still. And that's exactly how one of Timzen's kids is. Milo, he's the youngest baby. He is a handful to say the least. He's a handful. Iki, she's like the middle sister. She just talks a lot and I should like her, but cause, because I'm a talker, but I'm the type of person where it's like, I don't like other talkers, which is so weird. That is so, I don't know. I don't like other talkers. I like people who can listen more so, but Eekie be running her mouth a lot. And the oldest is Janora. Janora's is like very mature for her age. She likes to read. And she's so connected to the spirit world. and It was beautiful, but I love their kids. I love Tenzin's kids. They were one of my pros. My next pro is... I love that the Legends of Korra... Their stories were super complex. I will say that. They were super complex. Like, every... Like, throughout, throughout all of season one... I was just like... How are they gonna stop? Because they're... We're gonna get to that. But... They're villains. Y'all. The villains in Legend of Korra... I'm like... Whoever is writing these villains, amazing job. Because to me, I feel a story sometimes or a conflict is only as good as the villain. So if you got like a subpar villain that's like easy to defeat, I kind of feel like your story is going to fall flat. But if your villain is cold, if your villain is calculated, if your villain is ruthless, gold. Gold. The villains in... The Legends of Korra, they did that. I would just say they did that. Like, the first villain, in season one, they had to fight a guy named Amon. He was stealing people's bending. And then the story behind Amon was amazing. I was like, what? Like, I haven't been shocked by a cartoon in so long. The last good cartoon that I liked that shocked me was Steven Universe, if you're a Steven Universe fan, hello. Um, but the last that was the last good cartoon that, like, shocked my draws. Legends of Korra, the story of, like, season one and two, the stories shocked my draws. Shocked my draws. I was like, how are we going to come out of this? Like, do you ever sit and watch a cartoon or a movie or a show and be like, how are they going to come out of this? This is hopeless. Like, there's no way they're going to win. And then they end up winning and you're just like, wow, that was amazing. That was absolutely breathtakingly amazing. That was me uh, throughout the stories of Legends of Korra season one and two. Like I was just like, girl, like, how are you going to do this? If I was Avatar, I would have been like, uh, uh-uh. uh. we need to try to make other avatars because me by myself, like, I don't know if I can handle it. My girl Korra was handling it. The stories, the depth of the stories, the detail of the stories. Like, I just, I was hooked. I binged it. I started watching Legends of Korra. I think that was on, what was it? I think it was on Tuesday. I started watching. And, you know, I'm a regular, degular, shmegular girl. I had to go to work. I think I finished it. I finished one and two on Thursday. I finished it so i was really in tune with it i know y'all like well girl you didn't really binge it i really did like i was at work on my 15 watching it that's how much i needed to know what was going to happen so the the stories were amazing that was my uh that's my pros the deep stories My next pro, the cliffhangers. They always, I love a series that has really good cliffhangers. Like, if the cliffhanger doesn't leave you like, oh my god. Like, if it doesn't leave you like that, is it even a good show? Like, are you, it doesn't make you want to come back. I wanted to come back every single time for Legend of Korra. I was like, nope. Every time I thought I would stop, I would be like, you know what, one more, one more. To me, that's the determinant of a good show. Like, if I can binge it. That's how I binge all my Netflix shows. Like, if i that's how I deem it binge-worthy. Like, if I really just cannot stop, like, if I just cannot stop, I won't. I'm a terrible, terrible person to watch shows with. Like, no cap. If we're watching a show together and you be like, oh, girl, let's stop right here, and you leave me, nine times out of ten, I have watched the next episode without you. But I'll act like I didn't. But that's the determinant for me, like, the cliffhangers of the next episode, if it's not good, I'm like, I'm not even going to waste my time. The cliffhangers for Legend of Korra season one and two, I was like, stressed. Like, one of my best friends, shout out to Mackenzie, she says she loves shows that stress her out. Legend of Course stressed me out. Stress me out. I was like, Cora, girl! What? I just didn't know how she was going to make it, but she made it every time. I was like, ooh, girl. Ooh, girl. But, the cliffhangers. And my last pro, I think I already said it, but the villains were A1 in Legends of Korra so far. In season 1 and 2, these villains was not playing. Like I said, the villain in season 1, he was stealing people's uh, bending power. Just full stealing it. Like, Causing havoc in Republic City. Stealing people's bending. Just taking it away permanently. Like there was no cure. There was no... I mean at the end of course there was. But throughout the season he was just taking it. And people was like it's gone. It's permanently gone. I was like the type of power you have to have. And this man was not even the avatar. Just straight jacket, people's bending. That was in season one. Season two the villain was actually her own uncle and he was just on a different level of evil i was like i hate those villains i hate slash love those villains who start off as like i want to help you i want to help you grow i want to help you realize your true potential i can teach you your true potential and then they turn out to be on this bent adventure to destroy the world I hate slash love those villains cause those be the most formidable characters so yes the villains in Legend of Korra season 1 and 2 A1 A1 just like his credit amazing so those are my pros I love that Korra is strong Bolin was a pro Asami and Korra's friendship uh, Aang's kids Tenzin's kids The Deep Stories the cliffhangers and the villains those were all my pros for season one and two of legends of Korra. now my cons y'all i really only have three cons for both of those seasons only three my first con is that i'm just gonna give a little i'm gonna give like a part away so hopefully you've watched legends of Korra. if not i'm sorry but this was just a con for me this is what made me stop watching Uh, The show when it first came out Like when it first first came out This is like one of the things that made me and my family Just stop watching it My first comment was that Cora lost her bending She got it taken away By the guy who was stealing Everybody's bending And I was like really girl Like that made me stop watching it When it first came out I was like I'm not watching this I am not watching this foolishness I was like Aang would never Aang would never Are you out of your rabbit Please mind i was like girl bye i was so mad at that because i feel like the series got me all hyped up that she was the strong female bender that nothing could stop her and she was the female avatar i was like yes Cora. she was a brown honey i was like yes cora you better give them melanin in avatar i was like yes yes then she gonna get her bending taken away i was like oh no honey No. It was a lot of stuff that was going on in season one that also kind of turned me off from her. But that was just like the icing on the cake. I was like, girl, uh uh-uh. I am not even about to do you. I'm not about to do this show. It's a wrap for me. If I would have kept watching, I would have found out that things take a turn for the better. But that was my first call, and she lost her bending. I was like, as the Avatar, there should be no way somebody should take your bending from you. You should never even be in the position to get it taken away from you so no cora i was just so mad at her for that i was so mad at her that's my first con my second con is season two she lost her connection to all of her past lives so for those of you who don't know this is a lot to say but as the avatar the avatar like is reborn every time the old avatar dies and when the old or when the new avatar is reborn, it has a connection to all the past avatars from thousands and thousands of years ago. Even the most recent avatars that died. You have to go through a whole bunch of training to, you know, get in touch with them and everything. But they're all connected. And in season two, Coral, she went through a spiritual battle. And during that spiritual battle or whatever with her evil uncle, She ended up losing her connection to all of her Avatar uh, past lives. Like Aang, um, if you watch the show, you know Kiyoshi, Roku. She ended up losing her connection to all of the past Avatars. Even the very first Avatar, they did a story on him in season 2. Like, she lost all that connection. And I was like, Korra, you lose your bending." And we got our way out of that one. And now you done lost your connection to all of the avatars? I was like, girl, <laughs> when Cora lose, it be big. It be a big loss. I would be like, girl, there are just no minimal damages with you, huh? It just, that just don't happen? Okay. That's my second con. My last con is uh, Mako. I, I, I mentioned him before. He was Asami and Korra's boyfriend. He's Bolin's brother. He's Bolin's older brother. I don't know. Just something about Mako. He's just very like. I just don't know what to say. So I just do like a series of breaths when it comes to him. I'm just like. Okay Mako. It's like he tries to be a good guy. But it's like he be doing like underhanded stuff. I just don't like him. I just don't. I mean, he's not a bad guy. Like, he does his best. He tries. But then it's like, when stuff don't go his way, I'd be like, Mako, this is not how you handle a situation. But yet, here you are, handling the situation like this. I don't know. He just need to work on handling women, period. Just, he does not know how to be a boyfriend he does not know how to be a friend sometimes i'd be like mako go figure you out go go figure you out go meditate on who you are because this right here he ain't it i don't like you but yes those are my three cards. cora lost her bending cora lost her connection to her past lives and mako out of those two seasons i could only come up with three that's how good the show was to me overall even though I really liked it I only gave it a eight out of ten just because like I said it was a lot of things about even though I love Cora I don't know if I love her I like her I'll say that uh, even though I like Cora it was a lot of stuff like throughout the two seasons that about her character that I just didn't really not that I didn't care for I just didn't really like mesh with. I guess I'm comparing her to Aang, which I shouldn't because she's a different avatar. But it was just some stuff. I was just like, girl, really? So that's why I gave it an 8 out of 10. Like a lot of, I don't want to give it away for y'all. Because if you, you know, are somebody who likes uh, cartoons or animation and you haven't seen it, I want you to go watch it. So I'm not going to give it all away. But it was just some parts in the series about her that I was just like, girl, uh uh-uh miss girl miss thing miss avatar no so but overall eight out of ten highly recommend it if you have not seen it but you are a cartoon lover it is on netflix if you have netflix all four seasons are on netflix i will be starting season three today just in case y'all want me to hit y'all with that review next week um even if you don't i'm still gonna do it who knows but you know I might not do it next week, but I'm going to review seasons 3 and 4. One of these days. One of these days. Now, can we get into this P-Valley? I know that's what y'all come here for. That's why I do it last. Because I'm going to make y'all listen to me. And then I'm going to give y'all what y'all want. So, y'all ready for this P-Valley? Alright. So, we are on... Ooh, y'all, what episode we on? Sam? Is it episode 7? Yeah, I think it's episode 7. We only got two more episodes left. Oh, no. Yes, we only have two more episodes left of P-Valley. But I think now they are taking a two-week hiatus. Yeah, so it won't be back for two weeks. And then we'll get our episode before the season finale and the season finale. Boo. I know. I know, y'all. I'm just so sad for it to be gone, too. So, the overview for this episode of P-Valley, episode 7, I believe, uh, this episode was called Legacy, and the overview says, unexpected bonds are created for everyone at the Pink as they all fight to secure their futures and make sure they take what they hold dear to themselves. Andre faces resistance as his deal with the feuding Kyle brothers is Threatened, so that's the overview. Fun fact about this episode it was directed by Tasha Smith. If you don't know who Tasha Smith is, um, what are you doing with your life? Tasha Smith, she's she's best known for playing uh, Keisha. Is it Keisha? I think her name is Keisha. No, it's not Keisha. Oh my god, Keisha was the lady she hated. What was her name? And uh, why did I get married? it was not terry i haven't watched the movie in so long y'all but she's best known for being the loud she's best known for being marcus's wife in um tyler Perry's why did i get married the movie you know the one that had um janet jackson and uh who had who else was in there y'all i'm so sorry i'm having a brain fart i don't know why but tasha smith she was in that Tyler Perry movie, Why Did I Get Married, it had Jill Scott in it, it had that bald guy who everybody hates from the wood, Um, it had Michael, Jill. no, what's his name, oh my god, y'all, I'm so sorry, I'm having a brain fart about everybody's names, but y'all know what I'm talking about, if you watch that movie, or if you watch the play, you know what I'm talking about, Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married, she was, you know, the loud lady who was airing everybody out, calling everybody out. Her Oh, she was also in Daddy's uh, Little Girls, another Tyler Perry movie. She played the evil mama, the mama who was um married to the drug dealer and tried to take the girls from Idris Elba. Y'all remember that? She was in that also. She's very famous. She's very, very well-known. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, yeah, she directed this episode of P-Valley. And they had a special guest star it was miss loretta divine if you are not a fan of loretta divine please exit i have no problem losing fans losing listeners who don't like loretta divine because obviously your taste level is questionable but yes they had miss loretta divine on this episode she played uncle clifford's uh, grandmother, I believe. Yes, she was in it. I was like, wow, okay. Thank you, P-Valley. Thank you for bringing some some iconicness to the show. I was, I was all the way here for it. So, she was on there. I was so happy to see her. I love Loretta Divine. Huge fan of Miss Divine. Icon. Legend. Y'all already know. So, my pros for this episode of P-Valley was... Um shell fighting for Tarika now if y'all please i'm hoping if you are listen if you are listening to this podcast you should be well versed in P Valley okay y'all know exactly who i'm talking about but if not for some reason i'm going to let you know so shell is the lady that is taking care of or the wife of mercedes baby's daddy who has now passed away so shell is the wife of mercedes baby's daddy who has passed away yes i know you're like mercedes got a baby if you're saying that you have not been watching the show stop it but yes mercedes has a daughter her name is terica and terica lives with uh shell who i say is mercedes baby daddy's wife i know that sounds like a lot but i hope it makes sense but um I think Mercedes has been trying to get custody of Terika for so long. But she had Terrica when she was super young, I'm assuming. Or not super young, but she was young. You know, she couldn't really take care of herself and a baby. So she gave custody over to Shell. And Shell has been taking care of Terica throughout her whole life. You know, Shell, she's very well off. You know, she lives in a good part of Chukalisa or a good part of Mississippi. You know, she's well off. And she's trying to, you know, teach Terica that there's more to life than shaking your booty or you know the hood or whatever and you know um shell and mercedes they do have a good relationship you know but of course they conflict on terica because of course mercedes wants her daughter to live with her but shell is like i've been raising this girl for the past 13 years okay i've been raising her so if you ain't ready i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give her to you and that's one of my pros, that Shell is fighting for Terrica. This is the only time I will ever oppose Miss Mercedes. Y'all know she's my queen. I love me some Mercedes, who is played by Miss Brandi Evans. I love her. She's my wife. I've let go of all of my wives. She's my only one. But I like that um, Shell is fighting for Terrica because, you know, sometimes, like she could very much so be you know, jaded and spiteful towards, um, Terrica. Because, like I said before, um, Shell's husband was Mercedes' baby's daddy. So, you can obviously, like, connect the dots and assume that, um, Mercedes' uh, baby's father was cheating on Shell with Mercedes, hence Terrica. So, Shell could easily be like, I don't want nothing to do with this girl, or I'm gonna take her from you out of spite. When in reality, she actually, you know, kind of sort of co-parents with Mercedes in some ways like she lets Mercedes see Terica but she's just letting Mercedes know like I'm just not gonna hand her over to you and you're not ready you can't give her a good life you can't provide for her like I'm just not gonna give her to you and you can't give her better than what I could give her you see what I'm saying? Like, I like that. Because she could easily be, like, a spiteful woman. She could be a hateful woman. She could take Terika from Mercedes and treat her badly or not let Mercedes see Terica. But she's not like that at all. And I loved to see that. I know a lot of people are like, oh, she'll, she's so mean. No, she's protecting her baby. Because she's the one who's been um, raising Tarika all this time while Mercedes is stacking her money, doing the dance team, trying to get out the pink, trying to, you know, make more of herself. She the one been watching that bad little girl. Because Tarika is bad. If y'all watch the show, y'all know she got a mouth on her. Like her mama. Like her biological mama. But I like that. I I I was... I was very happy to see that. I was like, yes, Michelle." She was like, uh-uh. If you ain't together, Terika gonna stay right where she at. Period. I was like, okay. Go on and tell Michelle." So, you know, I also like that because it's kind of lighting a fire under Mercedes. Like, okay, you need to get on it. If you really want your daughter back, if you really want her to live with you and this, that, and the third, like, you gotta get it together. She's almost kind of like a Debbie daddy, but she's not Debbie at all. Like, she sees Terika, you know. But, I like that. That's my first pro. Shell was fighting for Terrica. My second pro was, of course, Uncle Clifford's grandma, Miss Loretta Devine. She absolutely played that part. Like she does everything else with nothing but the best. Nothing but true, genuine, like energy i just don't know another word for it like she just gives her all to her roles and i love it like she was so funny she was just so charismatic she was like the perfect southern granny like perfect love loretta Devine. my next pro was uncle clifford and little murder they had their first little date even though it was at um uh, Uncle Clifford's house or his grandma's house Even though it was at her house They still had their first little date They was talking I was like finally Uncle Clifford Dang y'all know how he was acting in the last episode I was like finally Ugh, Don't be acting like that He tried at least he tried He could have just did what he did with you And not thought twice about you Look he trying He trying to make it work He trying to you know make it do what it do Without giving too much away So they had their first little date And I was here for it um uncle clifford i'm just gonna add another bullet point even though i didn't add it my next pro is uncle clifford period throughout this whole episode he was ruthless especially when it came to miss eloise and trying to get that information baby when uncle clifford hit you with them two fingers them two them two that index in that middle it's a wrap you already know you gonna have to spill the tea or you gonna have to you owe something when he hit you with them two fingers. He was ruthless this episode. I was like, okay, Uncle Clifford. He was like, whatever we got to do, we're going to do it to save the pig. Even though he was kind of like downtrodden about it or he seemed like he was going to give up, he's not going to go out without a fight. I like that. So, Uncle Clifford, a little murder's first day and then like put a little asterisk by that, Uncle Clifford, period. My next pro was Keyshawn, a.k.a. Mississippi, as she continues to rise and find her way. Um, and, you know, if you watch the episode, she has a whole little marketing strategy for her and Lil' Murda, So they both can rise together. She's basically, well, Lil' Murda said it best. She's going to be the Keisha K.O.R. to his Gucci Mane. So he's saying. So, yeah. But, you know, it's all for views and clout and things like that. They're not really... Together or anything like that. So yes, Miss Keyshawn is just finding her way. She's like, I'm gonna do what I gotta do to rise up, to get ahead in the game and in life. So if this what it take, I'm gonna do it. So I need her to run my Instagram, Miss Miss Keyshawn. Know how to get some followers. She know how to get some followers. She know how to go viral. Like she just, she's a marketing genius. I need her to come over here to the black box, help sister out. Okay, I can only do so much. But yes, she continues to grow and her plan with little Murda is one of my pros. My next pro was Mercedes and her little boo thing, Maine. I think his name is Maine. That's what she be saying. whoo even though she said she haven't took it there with him, girl. If you're like me, ladies, y'all already know what I'm about to say. If you have a predilection towards them soldiers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> y'all i'm saying them soldiers you know i'm gonna call them soldiers but y'all know what i'm talking about if you have a predilection towards those in the in the deep south in the hood them hood boys like me i'm trying to let it go y'all i'm really trying i'm trying to reform myself from being you know from liking the hood boys i'm trying so hard but you know if you're like me you gravitate towards those type of men. You know that man is just, mmm. man, fine. He full, y'all already know. I'm not even about to go into detail. Y'all gonna get me in trouble. But Mercedes and Main, they little relationship. He was hooking her up with whatever it is that she needed. Okay, but he she said they haven't done nothing, but girl, mm. Alright, I'm just going to leave it right there because I'm Christian. I'm just going to leave it right there. Mercedes and May. My next pro was Mercedes and Autumn developing their relationship. Now, from the beginning of the show, you would have never thought. Like, I I just thought there was going to be adversaries for the entire show. But after... Um Autumn helped her out, helped Mercedes out in the last episode. I was like, oh, okay, there could be like a budding friendship there. And in this episode, you saw it kinda of coming to fruition. They, you know, have spent so much time together running this little scam that they're running. Um, the City Girls will be very proud. <laughs> um, you can see that they're developing a relationship. Like, you know, they're joking with each other, they're taking each other out to eat, like, um, Mercedes even, like, invited her to her house, and they was having wine and talking, and, uh, she saw that, uh, the room that Mercedes had set up for Terica for whenever she come live with her, like, in Autumn, she shared her past with, a little bit of her past with her child with Mercedes, so that was just nice to see that they're developing a little relationship, cause I love Mercedes, I just hate that she's, you know, very kind of standoffish to some people. Like, you can tell, like, she's a good person. She just has to have that strong exterior to, like, you know, can't nobody get too close to me or whatever. But it's nice to see that she's developed a friendship with Miss Autumn because they're both kind of the same way. They put on that exterior, like, I don't need nobody else but me, blah, 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 when deep down inside they've been hurt. And they just don't want nobody to get that close to them like that. So it's nice to see that they're developing a friendship. I hope it lasts. I really hope it lasts. We'll see. My last pro is Miss Eloise coming through with the T. If y'all don't know who Eloise is, she is the mayor who is played by Isaiah Washington. She is his secretary, I believe. And she, I didn't know this, but she started out in the pink. She started out there. That's where Uncle Clifford said in the episode she was the first one to graduate from the pink. He was like, You was one of my first to graduate. You better not be the last. He told her she needs to come with it with the tea. And she absolutely did. So we're going to see how that comes, you know, together in two weeks. Yeah, we got to wait. I was like, dang, we got to wait. So, yeah, we're going to see how that comes together. But she came through. Miss Eloise came through. She said she was not going to let the pink down, and she absolutely didn't. Okay? So those are my pros for this episode. Um, Shell fighting for Tarika. Uncle Clifford's grandma. Uncle Clifford and Lil' Murda's first date. Um, Uncle Clifford. Keyshawn and her rise and her playing with Lil' Murda. Mercedes and Maine. Mercedes and Autumn's new uh, friendship. And Eloise coming through with the T. Those were my pros. My cons, only have two. The Kyle brothers. Um, that scene, I don't know about y'all. I have PTSD. Not like for real PTSD, but like... Through everything that's going on in the racial climate in the world, or just period, I just have I feel a way about white men, even if it's in TV shows or movies or whatever. I'm very triggered. I have a like a thing about white men pointing guns at black people, as I should, at black men like that just disturbs me. And the Cobb brothers, they they just took it to a whole different level in this episode and. I did not like that. And then at the end of the little game they were playing, it was all a bluff. So I'm like, you know what? Like, in this day and age, now is not the time to play like that. But they are in the Deep South, so that's literally, like, all they know. I guess, but still. I just was not here for the Call Brothers and the little stunt they pulled. I didn't like that. And my next pro is Andre. He will always—I mean, pro, con, excuse me. My next con is Andre— He will always be a con i don't like andre i just feel like my daddy said it best he's a punk he's like very what's the word cowardly yeah i'm gonna say cowardly because it's like he's very sneaky and i don't think he means to be sneaky like he does a lot of good things like he has good intentions but you know what they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions like I just don't I don't like the way he moves sometimes. Let me put it like that. I just don't like the way he moves. Like the whole situation with him and his wife, if y'all saw the episode, just frustration all the way around. I was like, "Girl, leave him. Leave him. I know she don't want to, but leave him, girl. Leave him cuz he he's very rude to his wife. I don't like that." But yeah. Andre, he's a con. I know y'all like, but Andre, yeah, yeah, he a con. I don't like him. I don't like him. So, those are my two cons for this episode. Overall, I gave the episode an 8 out of 10. I enjoyed it. I'm mad that I have to wait two weeks to see what's going to go down as far as the pink is concerned. But, it was it was okay episode. Like, you know, they didn't... I feel like, not last week's episode, but the... Like, the past two weeks, not the past two weeks, but the two weeks before last week, those episodes were fire. Last week's episode and this week's episode, they were just okay to me. Even though, like, we got a lot of information or, you know, a lot of good things happened, it was just still, it was just still okay. It wasn't like, oh, fire! It wasn't like that for me. So, I gave it an 8 out of 10. And that's all I got for the black review, y'all. It ran a little long today. Because I was running my mouth about Cora. If you don't know, I'm very passionate about cartoons. I am a cartoon fanatic. It runs in my blood. My nanny, shout out to my nanny. She enjoys watching Disney Junior and Sprout. And she loves children's shows. She loves regular cartoons, period. As do I, okay? I love cartoons. My whole family loves cartoons. We are Disney fanatics, okay? We love anything disney anything nickelodeon anything cartoon network like we we love it and so i just wanted to bring that to the black box to show that you know we diverse over here we watch everything from reality to the animated we we watch it all okay as long as it's tasteful and has a good story we're gonna watch it but yes that's all i have for y'all today um on this Friday. Don't forget to come back on Monday. We're not gonna do a discussion topic this Monday. Y'all already know what we're gonna do. We're gonna get into that mess. Okay. We're gonna do a Kiki with CC. So if y'all have anything y'all want me to report on with Kiki with CC on Monday, DM me on my socials. T H E E underscore B L A Q box. DM me. Let me know if there are any developing stories that you want me to talk about on Kiki with CC. I will be happy to do so but this has been the black review on the black box i'm your girl big c i love y'all have a good friday have a good weekend and i'ma see y'all on monday bye